I'm Gary Morgenstein. I'm here with the Critical Thinking Podcast. Thinking shit through one podcast at a time. And now, proud to present the one, the only, Rick the Clip Dick (laughs) and Big Rig Mig. (laughs) Live! Here you go! Take it away, fellas! Hello, everybody. This is Miguel Garza from the Nth. Wait a minute. I'm not on the Nth cast. (laughs) Hello, everybody. This is FYFC Studio. Wait a minute. No, that's not right either. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, great. There we go. Uh oh, you got the law on you. Dun dun. (laughs) The sexual criminal sophisticated is here. (laughs) I don't know the whole intro of the SPU, man. I wish I knew it. So, Gary, you're brought to us by my BDSM Supply. My BDSM Supply located outside. <laughs> you get your ball gags, your butt gags, and everything else you need. <laughs> so, Rick, we'll start off real quick with a quick roundtable, and we'll jump into Gary here real quick. Not that way, but, you know, we're not that gay, but uh, everybody else seems to be on hiatus. Uh, Josh is uh, dead, I think. I don't know. Uh, I thought I saw a report on him the other day. Uh, Sean, we know, is in Ohio. He and should be back in... Monday the 16th, Monday? but he won't be here for the show because, you know, he'll be tired from flying in. You know, his arm's going to hurt. And then Kyle, well, he's sitting out there on the couch like half asleep, half dead. You know, that's what happens when you work three do- three jobs, you know. So I'm just saying. So it's just me and Rick keeping it down, holding it down. And I don't know if we're doing too good of a job. What do you think, Rick? I think we're holding it pretty good. I mean, yeah. last couple of shows we did well. We we just been interviewing everybody. Yeah. I got another nice, interesting gentleman here that we're going to interview. Stop sucking up, brown noser. <laughs> that's my, nose is, my job. My nose is brown already, so I'm uh, That's right. That's my job. <laughs> Welcome to the Christ Podcast. Here's, we're here to talk about Jesus. Uh, <laughs> we try to keep it clean here, Gary. Uh, no, but it, but it never it happened. Clean. No, we don't keep it clean at all. That's a bunch <laughs> yeah. of bullshit He's there. far from clean. Oh, yeah. We're so, <laughs> we so dirty. I'm surprised the FCC hasn't come down on us yet, and we're waiting. We're, try, we're working hard to get that. What is it? Cease yes. and desist letter. We're going to frame that shit when we get it, too. <laughs> I'm Gary Morgenstein here with the Critical Thinking Podcast. Thinking shit through one one shit at a time. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Did I get that wrong? Yes. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Critical Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle, along with my co-host, Rick the Rizzo, and our other co-host, Sean, and the other Mexican in the room, Miguel G. And this is a critical look at all things gaming, movies, collectibles, and so much more. Hey everybody, how the fuck are you doing? Today is Monday, July the 8th? 9th. Fuck. <laughs> Eight, nine, ten, it don't make no difference. It's like right there in the corner of the screen, too, for you. Fuck you, man. I don't read. I can't see them numbers. They're too small. Obviously, you can't read because I'm going to dog you in a few minutes. Oh, you're going to dog me? All right. Let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. You can't dog me. What you going to dog me about? You can't read? I, I know I can't read. It's not Spanish. <laughs> you can't read for shit. No, what do you mean? You don't read shit. How do you read shit? <laughs> well, all right. One. On the way home today, you know, today we it, it was kind of a shitty day at work today. But anyways, uh, well, stop as, hitting on your coworkers. Uh, I have nobody to hit on because it's, I was at the reception desk again. But as we're sitting there, I get a lot of news pops up and everything. I look up and everything, and then I get a 
thing on there saying, oh, there's a tanker explosion down over in Wharton. And I was like, oh, Wharton County area. Yeah. I was like, oh, so they closed 59 right there. I was like, ah. Oh. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you sent a text message. Your wife sent you mm-hmm. saying about it and everything. How you still didn't find a way around it going home this afternoon? I did find a way around it. Well, you said there's a, I just now got home. I was like, did you go down 59 all the way over there? No, 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 no. <laughs> I uh, exited Rosenberg like I normally did and shot through the Rosenberg, went through EB and came around. <laughs> the problem is that's where they were diverting everybody. And I'm surprised. Why didn't you go straight to bowling just to. I was going to. Uh, that would have been a smarter move. Yeah, but it was so early. I was like, oh, I'm good. I got enough time to go home and take the dogs out, then, you know, wait for a little bit, then go get him. But no, I. Uh, you should have already been thinking about traffic by then. That's not the problem. The problem is that the police were not prepared this time. There was nobody in Hungerford coming up from EB directing, allowing people to go through. So everybody was stopping for the stop sign. Well, of course. No, the last time this happened, they had police officers controlling it. So people were just rolling through. So the shit didn't back up five miles down the road. <laughs> so that was the problem. But we had jackasses cutting in and out, trying to outrace people going around them into the bad lane. And there was cars coming. I still would have went to bowling. Yeah, but I didn't really want to go that route because, like I said, I, I thought I had more than enough time. I could go home, and the dogs need to go poop. Well, I understand. The dogs got to poop. So that's why I went that way, and it just took me forever to get to the house. <laughs> I still would have uh, you know, I always think the worst when it comes to traffic. Yeah, and like I said, the last time this happened down there, there was that bad wreck and went through EB. It didn't take me that long. Got home quick. I mean, got home in a normal time. It's just this time again, there was nobody out there to help direct the traffic or help it move faster. Uh, so that's what caused the delay. So did you make it to the movies this weekend? Yes, I did. Yeah, and you're supposed to be broke. I used my T-Mobile and got my you a cheap, cheap motherfucker. Hell yeah, I got my cheap ticket. Damn you it, a cheap motherfucker. You couldn't even spare six dollars to help me come with you. No, you motherfucker. Did you get popcorn? No. Did you drink? No. Did you sneak anything in? No. Oh, I'm ashamed. I just went straight after work. Straight there. Where'd you go? I went to the Regal. Aka Palladium. Yeah. Oh, you went to expensive place. Because that's where your cheap ticket went to. Did you get the high price ticket? Yeah, hell yeah. I knew you would. Nah, hey, look at you. He's sticking high knob, high flash with the the fancy white folks rubbing elbows. There was more Mexicans up there than white folks. Yeah, what'd you watch? Sicario? No, I watched uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, okay, cool. Which, surprisingly, in box office numbers. It's number one, making $75 million this week. Total gross so far, $75 million. We don't know the budget. Do you know the budget? I don't know the budget. I guess we can look it up, but it doesn't really matter. I know this is only week one. I think it's going to make its money. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, man, first one was pretty good, I thought. If you like the first one, you're going to love this one, too. It's pretty much like, I would say, but it would be the same movie. Okay. My cool. rating for both of them is the same. All right, cool. Got Evangeline Lilly in it, too, so you can't complain. No. Got Michael Douglas. Douglas. Mm-hmm, that's right. He's falling down. <laughs> He's going on. Uh, yeah, and, uh, coming in number two. Jurassic World, The Fallen Kingdom, uh, $28 million this week, bringing its total American money, $333 million. As we know, it's much higher worldwide with everything together. So that's crazy. On a budget of having $70 million. So it made its budget clearly just in the U.S. Yeah. And so everything else is just extra cash. They're just cheddar in their pockets. That's right. The director rolling around on $100 bills in his bed, having sex on them. <laughs> Using them as Kleenexes. <laughs> that's messed up, man. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Man, at number three, The Incredibles 2, making $28,406,000. So it's only like $200,000 less than Jurassic. Uh, making five hundred three total gross so far on four weeks. So it's a, made a little bit more here in the U.S., which, you know, you kind of figure that kids and whatnot. Yeah. 
Yeah, coming in number four. Movie I wanted to see the first purge, going back to its roots, 17 mil, uh, 31 mil. So, fall, what the hell? Wait a minute. How did it make 17 mil this week and have 31 million already gross? And this is only the first week. They must have already put the other numbers in there. That's crazy. But a $13 million budget. That's Man, crazy. I mean, they made their money. Well, they must be worldwide, you know. <laughs> it must be. But I tell you what, we talked about this, and it looks. And they went back to like the way the first one did, where it was dark. Yeah. And which is cool. And there's conspiracy up in there, too, now, because apparently the Army or Navy Marines or whoever the fucking ball, mm, the, the government, the government. So it looked really good. So I really want to see it. So there is three movies here I need to see. And at number five, Zicario, The Day of the Soldado, $7 million this weekend to bring its total of $35 million on a $35 million budget. <laughs> Two weeks. So it's good. <laughs> yeah, and that's good. not even worldwide. So it's good. It made his money, made some little cheddar. Mm-hmm. And then Rick saw the movie, number six, Uncle Drew. I haven't seen it yet. I want to see it. $6.6 million, $29 million gross. We don't know what their budget is for only two weeks. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. So yeah. there you go. That's your top six at the box office this weekend. Yeah. And so you recommend Ant and Wasp. I do recommend it. I would give my review, but I'm going to wait another week. That way everybody get a chance to see it. Because if I start talking, I'm going to throw some spoilers, especially with you here, and you don't want to hear any of that yeah, I'm going to throw you a hit Mega Man right here beside <laughs> your head. <laughs> so, yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds pretty good, man. I, I want to go. I have to go catch it. Yeah. What else is coming out this weekend? Some big old rocks coming out here, isn't it? Yeah, the uh, skyscrapers, skyscrapers coming out soon. Um. Uh, movie news my brother just shot me a text on this one uh you know because they're, they're redoing the spawn movie right yeah uh-huh. the, the spawn reboot movie and spawn's not the main character of this one they're following twitch which yeah, is I the heard cop, about this. yeah right? and spawn's kind of like the back character into this one crazy right yeah it's weird it's weird i kind of understand it because you can follow the cop story better than what you would spawn and spawn would be just that character that comes in you know i can understand how todd mcfarland's going with this but guess who they cast as twitch at first, it was Leonardo DiCaprio is what they were thinking. Joseph Gordon-Levitt? No. Is it a white guy? It's He's a guy in the Marvel Universe. Captain America? No. Loki? No. Doctor Strange? Hawkeye? Yes. <laughs> Jeremy Renner. They cast Jeremy Renner as Twitch, which I think I was like, man, eh, I think he can probably pull it. That'd be pretty interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I'll watch it because Twitch is the, the skinny guy that knows it all. And then you have his his partner, which is the big guy that is there. Yeah, who's the violator, vindicator, vibrator, the vibrator? <laughs> that's a whole different type of movie. <laughs> I think that's NC seventeen. Damn. <laughs> hey, but guess what? What's that? I finished Luke Cage. Finally, yes. Let's talk about some Luke Cage. All right, what you need to talk about, Luke Cage? We got the money, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Take out that nigga word. <laughs> nice. How, how do you say, you know, what do you, what do you tell you call her, a bitch? I was like, no offense. She's like, none taken. <laughs> Dude. Oh, the, fuck all that shit. The him and the Bushmaster at the end, that was pretty cool. Him and the Bushmaster fight at the end was pretty cool. And then the whole... With him and Iron Fist, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. The whole thing, how he wound up getting the club. And how he's all suited up now. He's all acting all dirty and shady. I'm like, oh, fuck. As my brother said, it kind of felt like Godfather-like. Yeah. I can't wait for season three now. Oh, my God. Missy's like, I'll take your black ass down no matter. Because <laughs> I'm hoping you would. <laughs> and I was just happy that, you know, spoilers. Uh, I don't care. I'm glad that Black Mariah finally died. I'm not. I never. I didn't like her character. I didn't like her at all. She, I thought she did well. I mean, that's why she did so well that you, you hated you, her. You hated her. I didn't like. I was like, kill that bitch. I still can't believe they made Shay's gay, man. 
I mean, no, no, in comics, you know, I know. <laughs> but, you know, Shades got to be a factor in season three, don't you think? Yeah, I believe so. Shades is cool, man. Shades, he... He Shit, he knew nah. how to get he knew how to get out of a situation except nah. when she died that was it. <laughs> what do you think about sugar? Which one, sugar? Sugar, oh, the one, sugar? Sugar the one with with, with, with Luke Cage at the end. At the, he was with Mariah and them, and then he switched because he didn't like the way they were. Sugar like that guy from New Jack City switching from crew to crew <laughs> to crew. <laughs> but sugar at least he gives Luke Cage some good information, try to stop and everything. He that, that is true. Yeah. He he, you know, you stop and think about Shays, though. Shays was all about the old school rules. Yeah. He believed in rules of the street. He didn't mind doing the other thing, but there was rules. And when Mariah didn't follow him, that was it. He he couldn't do it with it. Yeah. And that's the first time I actually see his hands shaking when he's washing his hands. And then he saw... Man, man he popping fools in the head. I couldn't believe Mariah got that, that, that dark, though, when she burned the guy. She burnt that motherfucker. That was a Jamaican crisp. I mean, he was already. Never mind. I ain't gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> he was toasty. He's on fire. Boom! Shaka laka laka. <laughs> He's heating up. <laughs> and then she shot him. Yeah, won't that just shut up? There's a lot of ends you gotta drop out here, Sean. But that's not me. That's actually from the show. Yeah. And shades. I mean, they were just popping people. Everybody was capping everybody. Yeah, even his best friend. He had to, he killed. Dude. He was a snitch. Yeah, he shot. Gee, man, I couldn't believe he shot Comanche. And then, but he was being a snitch to take them both out of the business. That's right, rivals. <laughs> rivals. We, we ain't got we, none. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I was. It was kind of sad. I was like, damn, he shot him. And his I, mama find out spitting, yeah. spitting Shay's face. Yep. I was like, damn. So I'm working my way now to Jessica Jones. And that was before Luke Cage. <laughs> Shut the hell up. And then, and then after that. What's next? He hadn't even touched Voltron yet. Uh, that's I'm too many seasons behind. I think I'm just gonna let it go. <laughs> Voltron is a good season. It's good. It's good. But what's next after uh, Jessica? Uh, Iron Fist. Uh, again Iron Fist or? will be. Oh, actually, we we got. Well, if Iron Fist does like the, if they do the fight scenes and everything like they did with Luke Cage with him in it, it'll be a good season. Yeah, I like when he's sitting down talking to Danny and they're eating. Let me get this straight. You can accept that you're bulletproof. Accept that my hand goes, but you can't accept the dragon. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> metaphorically, right? No, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, they honestly look—they actually got good chemistry together. Yeah, or is Daredevil it? next? Daredevil, I think Daredevil's the next one. All right, with the Punisher. The Punisher, I think they're starting to work on that one. That's gonna be dark. Well, I think I saw Punisher. something already. It's gonna be darker. That's that's about you. Got to go dark. So we we won't have the uh, the whole past military whole thing. Now he's actually going straight Punisher. Damn right. This high needs to be shooting fools in the head. <laughs> Punishing. Hell yeah. Dude, I love this crap. There's some good stuff on Netflix. I got. They told me something else, but I also got to watch the Power Ranger movie. And what else you said I need to watch? Oh, uh, Player um, One. Ready Player One. I saw that one. Uh, that was already out. That was an excellent movie. I liked it. I've seen it like two or three times already. Uh-huh. Uh, like I said, I don't, I, it's just something about it. I, I, I guess because it's gaming wise mm-hmm. and I enjoyed the movie Learned. a lot. I'll tell you what, I will give a quick shout out for one more movie before we go. Blockers. <laughs> oh my God, John Cena's freaking hilarious in that movie. That movie was, it's typical, you know what it's going to be, it's nothing crazy. The plot, you know, it is what it is. But John Cena was hilarious. And I couldn't stop laughing. At one point, me and my wife were laughing so hard, we couldn't catch our breath. We had to pause the movie and try to catch ourselves. We were crying, we are laughing so hard. <laughs> I, I, John Cena can really do the comedy, man. I'm serious. He's found his calling after wrestling. Yeah, The Rock can do Pretty much almost everything. John Cena can do serious. He did the Marine. But Cena has the comedy thing. Yeah. So it's pretty good. 
If you uh, haven't seen it, I, I, I recommend you renting it on the Red Box and watching it. It's, it's a good movie. It's funny. Yeah. Um, also, this this past week, you know, just we kind of talk about movies here real quick. Um, oh, man, what is it? Uh, your favorite monster. Godzilla. Man, on Stars, it was like a marathon of every goddamn well, you know, Godzilla. on uh, on Lucha Lucha Underground Station, uh, the Mexican channel, Ray, Ray, it was Lucha. It was uh, what do they call it? Godzilla something, Kaiju marathon, Kaiju something. So it's like it was Godzilla twenty four seven for like a couple of days through the fourth of July. So it was like a Kaiju fourth celebration. They they mixed in the words. It was great the way they did it. <laughs> so it was awesome. So yeah, but Brayden has them all recorded on the DVR. So we don't have to worry about that. Man, y'all running out of room on there, aren't you? No, that's a big DVR. It's a big BBR. It's a big BBR. <laughs> Care about four bits. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's huge. Let's go to our guest, the Gary. man, the myth, Gary. All right, Gary, well, Gary, how do you pronounce your last name? We don't want to butcher it here. Morgenstein. Morgenstein. All right. I was going to go, Morgenstein. Like, <laughs> that's it. Do it. Gotcha. So tell me, Gary, how'd you find out about us? First of all, that's the first question. Uh, you were recommended by um, Girls Beer Sports podcast. Really? Yes. Hmm. I, I was on Girls Beer Sports podcast, Carrie Lewis. And I said, okay, you guys were fun. You tried to get me to drink bourbon <laughs> when I was on the air and I refused. So they got quite um rock but I, I, I held i held it down and i said who else should i go to and i'm they threw out your name so here i am interesting so your nice. fame is spread they're based in kentucky so there you go you're ready to conquer ready to conquer america slowly <laughs> to the backwoods of kentucky up to the <laughs> yeah there you go to, to buffalo the- new york whatever yeah, to the murky waters of Jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very murky waters. Yes. <laughs> so coming to the back of, murky, yes. yeah. back of Kentucky, man. We should be drinking moonshine right now. Yeah. <laughs> moonshine. You don't even drink. Well, I didn't bring you drinks this time. No, you didn't bring it. You brought some brisk. I brought fruit punch. Fruit punch, you wuss ass. <laughs> well, you're the one over there drinking a Coke. Yeah, I know. I'm on medication, bro. <laughs> you guys are in Texas, right? That is correct. The best state right. in the world. I, you know, after Brooklyn. Brooklyn what? Brooklyn, New York, <laughs> the center of the universe. I prefer Harlem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a man of the people. Yeah, yeah so am I. So am I. <laughs> well, I grew up in the Bronx, which is why I talk like this. Ah, I thought you may have gotten hit one too many times. I don't know. I was listening. No. Well, that too. That too. Yeah, I'm a populist. I have my, I, you know, my blue collar roots. My ah. father was a, a paper hanger. My grandfather was a painter. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Man, we've been getting a lot of people from New York here lately. I think we need to like end this show because our show is going into the shits. <laughs> we need to start well, I'm going to have to rescue you or at least go out with a bang. Now, we're going to have to get some people from Boston on this show. Yeah. Well, yeah. Red Sox fans. That's huh? right. That's me. <laughs> Singing some dirty water. <laughs> you must be a Yankees fan then, I'm assuming, or Mets. Uh- I, I am a Yankees fan, yes. Uh, I figures. I confess. I confess. <laughs> so is my the wife. Greatest, yes, there you go. There you go. But I'm going, we're going for our wedding anniversary to Boston next month, and I've got tickets for um, a day game at Fenway, so I'm very excited. Oh, nice. You going to sit on a monster? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, nice. Yes. Very nice. Yeah. My wife took me for my 40th birthday, and we sat out on 
first baseline, and close, and uh, she paid a pretty good amount of money for the seats. They're playing the Royals, yeah. And uh, the game went into extra innings, and it, and it rained, and my wife was turning purple because she was in shorts because it wasn't cold when we got there. And then oh, within, no. within a split second before the game even started, it dropped down to like forty, and then the wind was blowing, and then it oh. was raining, and we stayed with oh, the whole game. Painful. But yeah. it, they lost. <laughs> it is hard. I mean, when it, there's nothing like cold weather at a baseball at a, any sporting event. Well, you think she'd be used to it? Well, you think she'd yeah. be used to it? She's from Buffalo. Oh shoot! I went my freshman year to Buffalo. Huh. It snowed every day, <laughs> every day. It was just—I've never seen anything like. I just couldn't believe it. And I like winter. I much prefer cold weather. I—I I think summer is good for baseball. That's about it. I agree with you on that. I'm actually starting to lean more toward the cold than I am the heat now. Yeah. I'm getting too old yeah, for this well, crap. <laughs> this damn humidity down here in Texas is a killer, man. Oh, God. Now, where in Texas are you? Houston, Texas. Okay. Yes, it's humid in Houston. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you, you ain't yeah. whistling, man. Tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now lately, just because it's been raining almost every day. Yeah, I bet. We go up yeah. to uh, we go up to Buffalo to visit my father in law, and uh, we usually go during the summer, and it's always so nice. I was like, "Oh, this is so great!" Yes, yes. And one Fresh time, we, air. yeah, one time we went during spring break, and then the next thing you know, it was like seven degrees and snowing outside. I was like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked it though. I didn't have no problem with that. That yeah. there's snowballs with the kid, and you know, having all good you know fun out there. But it was you know it was it was interesting. Now driving in it was something different. Yes, driving back home and going through Cleveland, I was I was kind of scared because some of these yeah. people were driving nuts. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, Cleveland is not a, it, Cleveland. Cleveland is a snow belt too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What was funny is when we went through the town and we came around the corner, there was no snow. It's like it just stopped. So it's like here yeah. in Texas, like it rains all over this section and won't rain there at all. <laughs> really? Yeah. <he's>, <laughs> it's like you walk out your front door, it's pouring. Walk out your back door, it's yeah. sunshine. So that you're from you guys are from Houston, from Texas originally? Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Born and raised. Yes. I, I I almost ended up growing up in El Paso. My father was stationed there during um the Korean War. Ah, Fort Bliss. And when he came back to the to, to Bronx, he wanted to move my mother. She was pregnant with me, uh, to, to El Paso, but she wouldn't leave her family. So there you go. <laughs> You're lucky. You might have gotten yeah, yeah. shot in El Paso. <laughs> Start? Yeah, really? Yeah, because it's ridiculous out there in Fort Bliss because I, I was military as well. And I uh-huh. uh, went to Bliss for a little bit. And uh, you look at the river as you're driving by on I-10. You look down and it's like right there is the border. And you look across it and there's these little poor little abandoned little houses, little shacks mm-hmm. and stuff. Man, this is what these people live at. Okay. And there's bullets flying constantly. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's really terrible. Yeah. Okay, I'm lucky I'm in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard bad things. With real pizza. Nah, yes. Not real pizza. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got Luke Cage running around there, so you know what? That's Harlem. That's Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> he could take the subway down to me. The subway. Oh, man. Well, I also have to make a trip up to New York as well. I have to make a trip for my wife. Uh, yes. Since she took me to Boston, we have to go to the new Yankee Stadium. So uh, oh, yes. I dread going there, but uh, I have to do it. Mm, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, it's it's it, you know it's a cathedral. I love. I don't. I don't hold. You know, as long as you're a baseball fan, you have my heart. Because increasingly, uh, we're losing uh, baseball fans. There was a poll. I think it was like about a month or so ago. I think it was Gallup, one of those major ones, which found that fifty six percent of sports fans never watch a baseball game. Never, not occasionally. Never watch it. And I think. That would, you know, that kind of uh, one of the things that led me into the novel with thinking about, you know, baseball possibly ending. 
And so I think I don't care who you root for, just as long as you're a baseball fan. That's all that matters. I hear you. But anyway, Gary, Gary, this is going to be all about you. This is how we're going to do this show real quick. It's, we're just going to keep it all on you. We kind of switched it up a little bit. Normally, we run through movie numbers and all kinds of other crazy crap. But what we're going to do, basically, is just keep this all on you. You can pip yourself out, sell yourself. I don't care how you do it. <laughs> Talked about good for that. everything. But I am interested about one thing. Go ahead. And, I, and, and th- this is, this is going to the geek in me. Go ahead. You had a hand in Sharknado? I was the mad p- PR genius behind Sharknado. You are a fucking god, sir. <laughs> yes, I, thank you. I've, thank you. Yes, so I, I love to talk about Sharknado because the last um, movie airs next month. Oh, God. They're, ra- they're finally wrapping it up. <gasps> no. No, wait, come on. You could take I that could, to we 10. We talk about how it started. Yes, absolutely. Oh, man. God, Sharknado is like, and they make fun of me here on this show because I, I'm a Sharknado geek, man. I yep. love me some Sharknado. <laughs> I'm not, uh, and I have cameos in Sharknado 2 and Sharknado 3. I'll have to go back and look for you. I got them all still recorded on the DVR. Because what I do yes. is when, when uh, Sharknado, the next one drops, I'll watch them all the way from one all the way through again <laughs> before yeah, the next yeah. one comes on. <laughs> it's a Sharknado marathon in my house, man. Yes. And if, yeah. you, and if you're yeah. hardcore enough, you watch Lava Lanch after that. Yes. Oh, Lava Lanch was fun. <laughs> That's freaking fun awesome. Stuff. I was... Why did the publicity for all the B movies, all the original movies? Oh, nice. So please tell me you're getting paid, man. Well, I did get paid for that, yes. But but I had fun, but no one until Sharknado, people were like, Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then Sharknado exploded. And I mean I could tell I could tell you now, you know, what happened, it almost didn't make it to air. It was this was two thousand and thirteen, June two thousand thirteen, and it was scheduled to air in July. And there was a tornado hit um the Midwest, I forget exactly where, and they it uh, a couple of the hosts of the Discovery Channel um, Tornado Watcher show, I forget what it was called, uh, were killed. And so there was some concern at Sci-Fi Channel, well, are we being insensitive to show a movie about a Sharknado? And I said, okay, wait, wait a second. Everyone has to calm down a little bit. Because this is that, that was a real tornado. This is about a tornado off the coast of Los Angeles, which has never happened before, which scoops sharks into the air and dumps them on land where they eat people. And I really think no one's going to really believe that this is, you know, we're being insensitive or anything close. So the movie aired and um, Ian Ziering wouldn't do any publicity because he was convinced this was going to end his career. He took the job just because he needed um, medical insurance. So he had to get a payday. I mean, it's as simple as that. And we did the first um, publicity. And I remember my boss saying to me, now, be careful. This doesn't roll back on us. We don't want to, you know, again, any insensitivity. And I said, look, I have a big feature in the New York Daily News. I asked the editor, do you want to see the screener? He said, no, I only care about the title. And I'm willing to use your bad photographs. And they said, well, just be careful. So we had a, a press call with um, the director, Anthony Ferranti, and with Tara Reid. And we got some publicity, but no one expected this to happen. But it blew up the Internet that Thursday night. And the next morning, Friday, I went to my ex-girlfriend's house because I needed to borrow her suitcase because I was going to San Diego Comic-Con. And she said, oh, did you see that Sharknado was on the Today Show? I said, what? They said, she said, yeah, yeah. And they're doing another segment. I said, what? 
And sure enough, they're talking about Sharknado. And I got to the office and I literally, it's a good thing I didn't have a lot of, drink a lot of coffee because I really had no time to pee all day. <laughs> I could not leave. I, I left once and people were annoyed that my phone kept ringing. And I had to like parcel out cover, people covering press interviews because I couldn't be like in three places at once because we were everywhere and the evening news everywhere. And my, 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 my favorite instance of that inc incredible insane day was a producer from nightline called me and said oh we want to do a piece on sharknado and you know this was like at four o'clock in the afternoon i about had it and <laughs> i said i said wait a second there was just a military coup in egypt and you want to cover sharknado are you sure they said oh yeah yeah we want to do it and it never stopped for three years it never stopped and it was just and what was so funny, as I mentioned, is that sci-fi did these, um, and they might still do them, the, the B-movies, you know, the back from, you know, it, it harkens back. I don't know if you guys like those. I think you, you, you really do like the cheesy movies. Oh, yeah. From the 50s and 60s and, you know, the Roger Corman. I mean, I love them because they, you really have to be a fan and appreciate, you know, low quality, high camp. But no one at the network ever had much respect for them because they were not big budget and they were the high-end shows and so no one really paid attention but when sharknado hit and you know uh, it was uh, john kennedy said um uh, victory has a thousand fathers but defeat is an orphan well suddenly sharknado had all these fathers and mothers running around oh my god isn't this the best thing i'm like uh-huh really <laughs> really where were you last week so it was um a roller coaster ride from sharknado after sharknado one my favorite was Sharknado 2. The second the one, one. I don't know how you feel. That was the one set in New York. Uh -huh. Because it had the most soul. It was the most real in, in terms of the characters and just in terms of the setting and everything. It all had the right note. So we, um, one of the scenes was originally scheduled to be filmed in Yankee Stadium. And the script was written to um, the Sharknado was going to hit Yankee Stadium. But the Yankees did not want Yankee Stadium destroyed, even through CGI. But the Mets, they said, well, sure, fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you could you know, trash City Field. Come and, come and, come and get us. Well, um, because all for a variety of reasons, we were shooting in February for a movie which is supposed to be set in the summer. So, of course, the day of the filming at City Field it's 15 degrees and snowing and we're like blowing on our hands. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> is outside shivering. And there was some talk. Okay, wait a second. How is this going to work in the movie? And all the wise heads got together and said, well, it's a Sharknado. It turned summer into winter. That makes perfect sense. Oh yeah. Right. You know, cause as, as long as you have follow rules when you're world building, as long as, as long as you're, consistent with that of course a shock data would flip everything upside down so that was you know totally crazy to to be at city field filming that but that had the most soul i think with shock nato three when they did <laughs> when it hit dc mark cuban it, yes <laughs> right yes I mean, mark cuban is present okay you can you can go for that you know but it 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 started losing its it it, it went up the rails a little bit i felt because there were so many cameos and the focus became more on getting the cameos in rather than whether it made sense or not. Yeah. You know, and, and like Mark Cuban is, as a president was a cool idea, but there were some others 
you know, I don't want to diss anyone, but there were some others that maybe didn't work as well. But um, I think two was the best. Yeah, I, I, I like two a lot. Uh, I liked one as well when it first came yeah. out. I was like, oh, this is, sure, pretty, this is interesting. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yes. I didn't think yes. about Sharknados. It's cool. I have no problem with this. And then when yes. they made the second one, I was like, oh, cool, sweet. Yes. And then yes. when I saw the trailer for three, I said, okay, we're going to get goofy with this. I'm absolutely yeah. fine with that. And then four and the, the fourth awakens. Yeah. It was all about the, the trailer. What's it going to be called? And fifth right. was, uh, you know, global swarming. I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And now your last one is titled, It's About Time. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> oh, I'm. You, it's, 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 I'm glad you got to work on this and you got to do, be the yeah. brainchild of this because that's freaking amazing. I mean, so you'll you'll always be known as the Sharknado guy, and that is so yes. cool. Now here's here, here's why I beg. Now, you have any Sharknado paraphernalia? <laughs> well, let me see what I got. Let me see what I have left over. I don't know. You know what size T-shirt are you? I'm a two X. Oh no, no, oh. man! If you had hit me two years ago, I would have had. Let me see what I. Let me see what I got. I will sport it around and say this man uh, sent this to me. <laughs> I was no. Right, I, let me see anything. I I can't promise. I have to go look and see if I have anything left. The guy that sits next to me at my job and the guy that sits in front of me. Well, I'm from to the right of me as well. Uh, big Sharknado guys. Matter of fact, yes. we talk about it all the time, and we're yeah. like so excited waiting for the new one, and we talk about Lava Lance and all that stuff. So you have no idea. Yeah, you you talk yeah. about how the goofy they got and the silliness, and you got. You got Sharkosaurus or shark, Sharktopus and Crocosilla yeah. versus whatever. I don't <laughs> care. These movies are great. It doesn't matter to me that it's like, oh, cheesy sci-fi. It's it's good to watch and it's fun. I enjoy that stuff. Uh, yeah. These movies out there try to take themselves too seriously and try to be all whatever. And, yep. and, like, perfect example. Work. I watched, uh, uh, what's that one with the freaking hurricane? Hurricane Heist. You watch that? I, I want to no. shoot my damn self for seeing that movie because they tried to do the Sharknado thing with the they're they're kind of cheesy with it, but they're trying to be too serious with everything. It was lame. It was terrible. Yeah. I said, you know this what this movie needs. I looked at my wife. Some sharks. That's yes. what this movie needs. If we had some damn sharks yeah. in this movie, it'd have been awesome. Yes, right. <laughs> but that's so yes. awesome, Gary. I'm so that's so cool that I got to talk to the guy who did Sharknado. This yes. you have no idea. This is going off the bucket list. <laughs> yeah, he didn't all do right, Sharknado. He promoted well, it, and it was and it became it went all over the world, which was astonishing. Oh man, I'm I gonna... mean, and then it was it, you know it debuted all over the world almost simultaneously, and my colleague and I we would just go. I it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe how crazy that is. That is amazing. And I'm hoping that when your success like that helps you when it comes time to do your books and stuff. Yes. That's well, really yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have to, it's all the creative process and you, you, you can take yourself seriously and sometimes you have to, you know, have some humor too. And I think we, in the world, I think our, our country needs a little more laughter at itself. People have to just take a breath and chill. We need more Sharknado. Well said. I keep on saying that America can't take a damn joke anymore. No, that's for sure. No, you can't let. No, whatever happened to that? Every, you offend somebody nowadays. It's like, oh, I sneezed on you. <laughs> nobody, yeah, exactly. Nobody can well, take sarcasm you know, either. Yeah, you can't. I mean, it's gotten to the point where you you cannot talk to people without them attacking you, and you know, you just and or making you want to apologize for your beliefs. And I, I'm conservative in some things. I'm liberal in some things. And, but, but I want to see a point of view. If you guys have different points of views, I, I don't care. I respect it. Winston Churchill said democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others. And, you know, this is it. This is what it's like when you live in a free society. You have to accept it. But you have to respect. We can't respect each other. And that's really sad. And what's, what's also even really troubling is we can't explain things anymore without being attacked for 
taking that side. Oh, yeah, so, exactly. Right? Yeah, I mean, you have to understand why something happens historically or even at the moment. It doesn't mean you, you agree, but if we don't understand, we're lost. It's all over. Game's over. It's like I told uh, some people before. Uh, I tell it like it is. I'm sorry. I'm still old school. I was raised back in the 70s, raised by a father in a military household, uh, grandfather being military and everything else. And I, I was taught to respect my elders, even though I kind of yeah. became a wild card down the road. Uh, I was taught certain things. So I don't have... What do you call it, Rick? One of the little voices on your shoulder to tell you when not to say something. <laughs> you don't have a filter. I don't have a filter. That's my problem. Now, I raise mm-hmm. my daughter the same way. My daughter will tell you straight to your face. <laughs> you know, she has no problem doing that either. But this, I don't I can't stand people being wishy washy. I can't stand people being, you know, stand for your conviction. Stand up. What are you going to do? Don't yeah. be afraid to say what you got to say. And people are going to backlash at She's like, well, OK, well, prove me wrong. Yes. What you got? Show, tell me where I'm wrong. Yeah. And people can't do that. And you can't even post anything on Twitter to like, oh, the sun is out today. Ugh. Then you got, what do you want the sun to burn out? Do you want us all to die and go back? Like, <laughs> Shut the hell up, dude. What the hell? Do you really just yeah. sit there and troll people on the internet all freaking day yes. long? Is that your job? There's you. people that do that. That's all they do. Don't talk about me. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, it's, it's, it's really lame. And I, I find it terrible. And that's why we, we hear, we don't pull no punches. We don't, we don't, we don't. You know, we cross all lines and we don't give a shit. We don't. We disrespect everybody. We make fun of everybody. It does not. Did you just say we disrespect everybody? <laughs> That's right. We, do. we respect and disrespect at the same time. That's kind of hard to understand, yeah. but we do. <laughs> no. Yeah. We pick on everybody. There's no ethnic ground. No eth- Nobody here is safe. It, this is a safe spot. If you can't come in here and make a joke and, and you can't handle it, then don't come in here at all. Yeah. Good for you. Now, reading about your book. Now. There was I've seen a couple of things. I haven't actually gotten your book, but I definitely need to pick up your book because I'm hearing seeing all these reviews, man. Out of this world, a guaranteed home run from Mr. Billy Sample, a former New York Yankee and author. Now I can't even say this one, but it says sports fans will love this phantasmagorical sci-fi story with a baseball as a central figure. Woody Freeman Sports Television. I mean, you got some really good uh Nice quotes yes. in here for some people talking about your book, and that's pretty amazing. So, tell you what, go ahead and give us a little bit about. Actually, you know what? For the for the fans here, since they don't, we didn't really give you a chance. Please introduce yourself. Tell us a little about yourself. How you got started, all that stuff. Give us a little bit of background on you, and then please, by all means, go into your book, and we'll ask you questions as you go on. Sure. Well, um, um, the book is called uh, "A Mound Over Hell" by um, Gary Morgenstein, and it's 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 unusual because it's science fiction and baseball, and that's a very rare genre. Uh, most mostly because uh, most people who write science fiction don't believe baseball is going to make the cut, and it's set um, in 2098 after America has lost World War III to Islam. We're surrounded, and yeah, and and baseball begins its final season ever. So America at this point is not the same America that we know now. Its democracy is gone, and some an entity called the Family rules, and it's run by Grandma, this uh, 92 year old Asian woman. And um, it's all the society is based on love and it only matters about if you're responsible, if you work hard, if you love someone, it doesn't matter what you are. There's no never any mention of ethnicity or race or gender or sexual preference. I know I'm going to get PC and loose. I'm going to lose something. I'm not checking right, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but in the society, all uh, acts of patriotism are banned because that's the old America. So. Owning the flag is a capital offense. You shouldn't dare don't uh, say that sing the national anthem. Uh, things like 
the entertainment industry, banks, lawyers, uh, psychologists are banned under the anti-parasite laws. Uh, the anti-narcissism law bans social media because basically uh, it believe, the belief is that you, real, you need real relationships to rebuild America. And I don't want to disillusion everyone out there, but the thousand friends you have on Facebook are not really your friends. And so this society wants you to take indiv individual responsibility. And out of this comes baseball, which is viewed um, as treason. Because back in 2065, there was a group in America very pro, um, wanted more vigorous military action. And they were prim primarily baseball fans. And during the seventh game of the 65 World Series between the Yankees and Cubs at uh, Yankee Stadium, then called Amazon Stadium, they launched an attack to try to kill the um, the part the the government, and they failed. So baseball was banned, except for Yankee. Two teams left at Yankee Stadium, the last ballpark. And as the as the novel opens, uh, Puppy Needick is the baseball historian, and he's a former star college pitcher who hurt his shoulder. Loves baseball, goes to the game. You know, very dutiful, saying, "Okay, I have to make the records, but there's only 15 people here, and there's not even real baseball players as holograms." And that night he goes home. It was his birthday the night before, and he drank a lot of bourbon. And he wakes up the next morning, and there's this smelly old white guy on the floor. And he reeks of alcohol. Remember, every almost everyone, all the main characters are diverse, because this is the 22nd century. And um, the guy insists he's Mickey Mantle. Poppy says, yeah, you know, this is just the way my life is going. Of course, you're, Pop you're Mickey Mantle, because he's crazy. And a few days later comes this courtly southern gentleman who insists he's Ty Cobb. <laughs> and then from the future, the, one of the greatest players of all time, a Latina, Mushi Lopez, shows up. And baseball grows in popularity, but it becomes a porn between uh, those who want World War III and those who want genuine world peace between America and the Caliphate. So there you go. A lot of world building, a lot of rules, a lot of different way of looking at things. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, my brain hurts. <laughs> yeah. Think what it was like to write a 520-page book. Think how it might happen to my brain. Holy crap. Is it small yeah. writing or big writing? Are there any pictures? <laughs> <laughs> no picture. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was, it was, the, the manuscript ran, ran 800 pages. Wow. And, that's, and it's the first book in the series. So the last line, three words at the bottom of page 517, to be continued. So I'm working on book two now. How many books do you plan on making here? Oh, four or five. Four or five, I think. What, There's going, a lot of... I thought it was going to be a short series. No, he's not going... Nice. He's going to go for the Harry, <laughs> going for the Harry Potter series run, man. He's going for seven. That's right. Well, you know what? I'll keep going. I'll keep going. And the first one actually came out when? In, at the end of March. At the end of March. And how, how well has it done so far? It's doing well. People like it. So far, so good. Again, you want to talk about being politically incorrect. I don't care <laughs> i understand i mean because i'm a novelist so i should i can say what i need to say i i would never purposely offend anyone but this is an america which um which deported all the muslims be, before the war um under suspicion of um conspiring with the enemy now not everyone was conspiring they're all gone so the question is can you have a society based on love when you've excluded part of your population but the Muslims in the book are called Allahs, sometimes camels. <laughs> and the, 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 um, the Europeans who are in the caliphate are called crusaders, 
or infidels, dimmi. So there's rough, there's a roughness to it. But at the end of the day, if I have one message, and I hate when writers say messages because that's nonsense. It's what the reader thinks. But at least in my heart, it's that hate begets hate. And you could understand why people hate someone or hate a group. You could, you, again, talking about understanding, but it doesn't justify it. And it's got to end at some point. And I'd like to think that at this point in world history, at some point, we're going to stop it. So that's kind of what the book is about. People hating and moving on with their lives and trying to find relationships and getting caught up in stuff. And it's like, what? <laughs> How did I end up in this? Because at the end of the day, it's all about the people you care about and what you feel. Yeah, so definitely. That's, that's deep, bro. That's deep. <laughs> that it is, it is. Well, it's deep, but there's a lot. But I do have humor. And um, I, I really try to have you know humor because I don't want it to be grim. Uh, so as you're reading the book, you might go, whoa, that's, you know, for example, when you, when you build a world, like I said, you need, um, to follow your own rules. So the, th the three professions which are revered are doctors, um, cops and teachers, because it's believed that if those three, if you can't trust those three, you're in a lot of trouble. So in the, in the book, a couple of detectives, the, the detectives are called um, brown hats, and the cops are blue shirts. And a couple of the, the, the detectives, it's not like, you know, on TV and movies where the detectives rough someone up and pull some shady stuff and go where they're not supposed to. Integrity is is really at the highest level in the society. You're supposed to be honest. You're not supposed to lie. I mean, what a notion, right? Yeah, and, exactly. Right. But so the cops have to follow that. More than anyone, the cops have to. But how do they investigate crimes if they if they have to follow the rules like this? So it, it makes it a challenge for a writer to do this. Uh, one of the characters becomes pregnant, and which is frowned upon for someone single. And I thought, okay, we lost 13 million soldiers and 4 million children in the war. And she couldn't get an abortion because that's the, that would be the rule. That would make, that's logical. Because you need to replenish the population. So, of course, contraceptives would be banned, and so would abortion. Now, there was one, um, one reader accused me of writing a book about um, a Christian dictatorship. I guess skipping over the part where I say religion is outlawed. I guess, you know, that's... <laughs> <laughs> because people think, people will, will default to what they know. So if they see, well, abortion is illegal, then it's got to be like the handmaid's tale. You know, there's got to be some far right evangelical holier than thou sort of stuff. And, but no, I don't, that never enters into it. In, in America at this point, they, religion is outlawed because, well, we lost to Islam. Obviously their God is better than ours. Why bother anymore? So it's that sort of, but people still practice. You have pockets of Catholics practicing religion. The start of many wars. Yes, <laughs> yes, too many, too many. Unfortunately, which is which is among the saddest things of all. Because something which is supposed to make people feel good and and does for many people. Um, my wife is a very is Catholic. She's very you know very devout. But for too many people, it's used against each other, and that's. 
you know, so when you write a novel, you want to have humor. Mm-hmm. And I have certainly want to have Ty Cobb and Mickey Mantle coming back to the 22nd century. There's that culture clash, which I wanted to get. At. Now that like they're they're the only two white um, uh, characters. How are you gonna bring that ass hat, Ty Cobb? <laughs> I got well, he, he was a he was a bastard back in the day. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So Ty Cobb comes back, and when he first comes in, a puppy Nita, who's the main character, is African American, um, and puppy is with Mickey Mantle, and Ty Cobb tosses puppy his jacket. He says, get this clean, boy, because he just assumes. Oh. He assumes that this is Mickey's apartment. Uh-huh. But in, in this world, Puppy's not really offended He's because no one says that. So he's more like amused, like, what? <laughs> what, <laughs> what are you drinking? And that's what, in, in a way, that's what I want to show, the absurdity. And, of course, Ty changes and Mickey changes. And, you know, they're on the subway. I mean, well, I just should throw in that there are, are robots, that, but without faces, uh, because the, the robots back in twenty in the 2030s integrated themselves into society and passed as humans, and people couldn't tell the difference anymore. So we there are still bots, robots, but they have no faces. Ah. So when Mickey gets on the bus and there's a, a, a bot bus driver, he screams as a monster. <laughs> That's funny. And when Ty is on the subway and he sees two guys holding hands it's like what what what, what? you know and then he makes some comment about was no white people and puppy says well kind of <laughs> <laughs> because in too often in science fiction you get um the world being led by white guys i'm sorry look around you dudes it's not gonna happen that's not the world and plus it's not plus i believe in writing about that but also um it's not that's not how it would be and if i'm creating a world based on love where what you are doesn't matter i should have people being different you know of a a diversity so it doesn't matter because that makes a statement more And, and again so mickey and ty are the ones who are kind of like the mirror but there's no no one's paying attention to it because no one cares anymore there's no identity politics for example there's no well because i am whatever fill in whatever you know group you want to fill it doesn't matter it doesn't it simply doesn't matter so again think about a world like that it's something you know but then at what sacrifice do you make and what are the it's a world with individual responsibility which is um at the top of the list, there's something called um, disappointment villages or DVs. Mm-hmm. And for example, say um, it's in this society, Gary and his wife have tried really hard to make it in life. And we have a couple kids. And no matter what business, what jobs we've tried, we fail. Okay. So we're not going to be put in jail. We're not going to be shot. We're not going to be sent to an island. But it's not your guy's problem to pay for me because it's my, my, my life, my responsibility. So you're put into a place, um, disappointment villages. Now the thing is almost always in science fiction, when you have the poor people living somewhere or the dispossessed, it's like 
you know, it's the barrio, it's the ghetto, it's the barbed wire. You, you know what I'm talking. I mean, we've seen it a million times, oh, right? Yeah. Rick's house. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> this is not like that. This is where the streets are. You could eat off the streets. Where hard work is, everything is about working hard and getting out again and getting another chance. And because all too often they don't, the adults, it's about the kids. So it all flows back into the children. So that, so I try to do different things like that. And, you know, so far it's been received as people who are going to dislike it. People are going to say, what? Are you kidding me? I could see so, where where some certain people get really upset with what you're saying. Uh, yes. At the same time, I can also see the other people who are open-minded, not closed-minded, and can actually realize it's a book, moron. Yeah. <laughs> and well. you can immerse yourself into the to this world, the science fiction and baseball, and the world after World War III, because God knows what's going to. No one knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting. I, I'm I'm intrigued. I really am. And you got political right. stuff in there, which is usually a kind of thing that'll throw you away. But what you've described to me so far, and 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 how you mentioned baseball and the people coming back from ghosts and then your science fiction, your, your jokes, and then certain things here and there is intriguing. It, it's like, it's captivating. It's like, it's going to suck you in, even though there's a little mention of politics here and there or what more than that. I think the story and everything else is just going to keep you so captivated. You're not even going to be like, Oh, okay. Just keep on reading. I don't think I'm right. I think if I, bought, if I bought your book, I don't think I'd be able to put it down until I was done. Well, I hope so. And then I'd be pissed because the second one's not out yet. <laughs> no, give me till 2020. <laughs> All right, I'm buying the book at 2019 in December. <laughs> no, do it sooner than that. Do it sooner than that. Then you could talk about it. We want buzz. We want buzz. Paperback, hardback. I mean, what are we talking about here? I see you can buy an ebook. I can't do the ebook thing. I stared no, at the PC. I see. No, no, no. It's, it's soft cover. It was gonna, I asked the publisher about a hardcover, and they said, look, it's 520 pages. A hardcover would be so expensive, and it would be a weapon. <laughs> you know, I mean, who wants to carry that around? I don't. I, I don't have a Kindle either. I'm old fashioned. I like the smell of books. I like to hold them. Yeah. Right? It's, you know. I, I understand why people have eBooks. Someday we'll go, you know, to Alpha, somewhere in Alpha Centauri, and we'll want to have everything, you know, in a little flash drive. Okay, I get it. Nice civilization. But still, Alpha Centauri. <laughs> you know. No, not me. No, I'm sorry. I'm still no. old school. I still like the feel of the book, of the book in my hand. Yes. I still like yes. the turning of the pages, and 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 when you close it. And when you read it and you can see the book and you yes. know you've read it and you can see the mm -hmm. spine, that's yes. weird. And it's weird that I'm saying that, but th I, ex I know yeah, yeah. exactly where you're coming from. Oh, yeah, yeah. we all know. I mean, there's a bunch of books. I have books that are in hardback, too. Uh, yeah. And I have some that are like, uh, like you said, paperback. I don't have any ebook. I can't handle that. It just drives me nuts. Because yeah. like yeah. you lose your spot, you swipe up too quick or whatever. <laughs> you're like, damn it. And you're like, where was I well, at? Yeah, well, someone says, well, I'm reading your book and I'm 18% done. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What do you think when I wrote it? I oh, I'm on page eighteen percent. No, <laughs> no, give me a break. I don't know. Just tell me the page. But I don't, maybe there isn't a page. Maybe there is just the percentage, mm. and that's just too weird. I, you know, it's like albums and CDs. Yes. Remember the good old albums? It was liner notes, and there was funky stuff, and you could just, you know, sit there and say, "Oh, wow, that's interesting, right?" And now you get the digital, it's on iTunes or whatever nonsense, and it's nothing. It's nothing. 
See, that's, that's the interesting thing is that you mentioned that is that I do have issues when I do purchase stuff on iTunes or I have on my other on my Google Music uh, versus buying a CD or remember buying a cassette or buying a record. Uh, and like you said, and being able to play the Chicago backwards and say, worship the devil uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> or, or hell, I even take you further back than that. Having yes. the A-track, man. Put the A-track and yes. the A-track player. And play to play, yeah. right? <laughs> Listen, the cool in the gang, man. I'm talking, I'm talking, man. I told you, I'm a 70s kid. Yeah, <laughs> it, absolutely. It, uh, some technology is cool, some is not. It's like, yeah. And I still think that a lot of the albums are, are way better than CD and other stuff. It's just like, you know, classic. It's, classic's the yeah. way to go. And my daughter loves a lot of the classic stuff. She has an old school record player and has a bunch of albums cool. she loves. And so, and she's How old, old school. She? My daughter, she's 27. Okay. And she listens to, uh, she also likes to read books. Doesn't like to read it off of a, a nook or off of a, anything no. else. She'll prefer to have a book as well. Um, yeah, she's kind of an old soul, I guess you would say. Well, you kind of put that in her. Yeah, I did. That was my, <laughs> me raising her. So she's, <laughs> but she likes to read. And I, I guarantee you, this is kind of a book she would kind of like to read too. Okay, yeah. good. What kind of inspired you to get this type of story out? I, it was, May 2015, and I was having um, Sunday breakfast with my wife. We were having everything bagels and listening to the Beatles. And the idea popped into my head. What about a, a book about baseball's last season in a dystopian America run by someone named Grandma? And I thought, oh, that's kind of cool because now I need a story. And Okay, so if America is dystopian, if, if this is a ravaged America, we would have lost World War Three, which also goes, you know, to my fear about, you know, America is not always going to be a world power. There's nothing preordained about that. I mean, just ask the Romans, right? Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> or the Greeks are on and on. Um, the, the Brits. Uh, so, so America, if we lose our will at some point and we lose World War Three, okay. So who would we lose it to? And to lose it to Russia is like, you know, Red Dawn. Come on. It's been done a million times. It's boring. To lose it <laughs> yes, right. The Chinese, who cares? I mean, again, boring. But we lose to Islam. We're talking about, you know, a struggle with some people believe goes back to the 8th century. I mean, in America itself, uh, Thomas Jefferson administration, we were fighting the Barbary pirates, you know, from the shores of Tripoli. That, the Marine song is... Reference to, I think it was 1805, when some uh, Marines walked across um, Libya. So this is, you know, and that hits buttons. People, you know, I don't care what you believe, it makes you nervous. Because the, the, the Islam is powered by a very strong belief. And America and democracy, we, we believe in democracy. But sometimes I, I, I worry that we're going to lose that. And... We can't. It's, yeah. We don't seem to come together anymore. You know, it's like uh, loving your country is kind of like a relationship. You need things in common. And I, I tend to fear that we're losing the things we have in common. You're not the only one that's thinking that. I can honestly tell you that right now. Yeah. yeah. Now, interesting, uh, Gary. Who, uh, I mean, Rick asked you a really good question about what inspired you to write this, but who are your, like, the artists, I'm assuming the artists, the writers you look up to? I love some. I love Philip K. Dick, um, Isaac Asimov, Robert Heinlein, uh, Arthur C. Clarke. You know the the, the classic sci-fi, and then the old school. Um, I love Ernest Hemingway. Nice. For his simplicity. You know, it's uh, 
because he, he just goes to the heart of things. Yeah, there's some wonderful, but I love Philip K. Dick. I love because he's so crazy. I mean, the man was wacko, but he was just brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> That's not and the I medical term. Yeah, <laughs> wackadoodle. <laughs> yeah, wackadoodle. He was a little wackadoodle among many things. Do you like um, the man in the high castle? Have you seen that? No. On Amazon, do you have Amazon? I believe we do. Oh, check it out. Okay, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. It's um, base. It's it's kind of similar to a man over hell in in that um, the the series is about America losing World War Two, huh? To to Germany and Japan. So you want to talk about creeping you out? And, and what's wonderful is the um, the casualness of evil, because no matter what we want to think, the, everyone is are human beings. Maybe not the high end of a human being, um, but we're all human beings, and we we act like human beings. Hitler was a human being. He was a horrible, horrible human being, but he was a human being. He pooped. He got thirsty. He got hungry. He had emotions. He was a madman, but he was still human. And so, in a series like A Man in the High Castle, they they don't have the Nazis running amok and beating people, and you don't see that. You see. The, the the suburban homes in Long Island and the swastika flying where the American flag flies. And it's like, whoa. Because they would have normal lives. And that's, you know, it, it was um, the banality of evil is kind of the most chilling evil of all. And that's, that's hard because you have to step back because you can scream and rant and rave and call people names, but it's the quieter moments that get people. So yes, I would recommend uh, the Man in the High Castle. Gotcha. You know, I was thinking about your uh, your your book, what you were talking about, how religions, and it made me think about Arthur C. Clarke in one of his uh, quotes, uh, where it says, "One of the great tragedies of mankind is that morality has been hijacked by religion." Yes. <laughs> so I can kind of yes. see, I can kind of see a little bit of the influence and some other stuff. I was like, "Holy crap!" That, and I was just just started thinking about it. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> right. That's really yes. cool. Well, yes, and if you you know when you have religion, and I'm agnostic, so I, I want to be proven wrong, but I'm on the fence about God. But all, all too often in religion, people default to, um, well, okay, it's God's will, and he's married to it. Never keep this in mind. He's married to a very devout Catholic, so yeah, that has to be. Me. I went. That I, has you know, to I be was, interesting. I was I was raised Jewish, but I have no you know I'm a secular Jew, but I don't go to synagogue or any or have any of those beliefs or practices. And she took me to Easter Mass, and I, and I thought it was great. The songs were fun. There were cool stories. I liked the pageantry. To me, I look at it like Lord of the Rings religion. You know, it's like, oh, wow, look at that ritual. You know, <laughs> Religious people don't like it. But I have a, a very um, good friend who's um, Hasidic Jew. And he tried to save my soul. And I'm saying, Aaron, it might be too late. And when I, I go back to him, I say, okay, so when something good happens, you say, Thank God. Okay? When something bad happens, it's awful. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you square that? Right? I mean, you can't. I don't. Either it's, <laughs> it's all his responsibility or it's not. If you're saying, okay, we have free will. We could do what we want. Okay, fine. But then don't thank him for something. That <laughs> I did it. Or I screwed up. Either way, I did it. So I, you know, that's one of the things I have a little problem the with. And in my writing, I prefer, you know, 
to deal with the morality, even in the, the and there's um, one uh, character, a, Muslim, a major um, character, Az, Azar Mustafa, who's a, a Muslim fisherman in Barcelona, or the Caliphate of North Africa. And um, he's not really devout. He believes a lot of the propaganda, but he, his, he has his own morality. And he's like suspicious of the morality of the fanatics. Because in the, in the book, there are many Muslims who are chafing under this um, ISIS-like rule. They don't want this. They just want to, you know, at the end of the day, people just want to be people. People really, the majority of the human race doesn't want to get up tomorrow morning, pick up a gun and shoot someone. Right? Yeah, they, right. They just want a bigger TV. They want, you know, to have sex with their wives. They want their children to do well. They want to rate or raise at work. They, you know, that it's, that's what we, uh, if all the turmoil we, we we tend to lose sight of that you're talking over his head man you're killing rick <laughs> I'm lost now. I'm sorry. I'm no 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 it's all good very good discussion i just wish sean was here because sean sean is like the big i mean i read but sean is like our big big time reader he's also a writer himself yeah, he, he writes oh. as well and he is a very deep thinker he's a young man he's 20 see my daughter's age, 27 as well uh yeah. But he has, uh, being a millennial, we joke with him all the time, but he has very unique, he would have really loved the discussion with you, seriously, yes. it would have been great, Gary, it would have been amazing, because I could have been able to feed off of that, and we would have had a really interesting discussion, it would have gotten pretty hot and heavy here pretty quickly. <laughs> I, I mean, I was raised Catholic, raised hardcore, just like Rick was, I have my own issues, I've had my own problems, I've pretty much been, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, Rick? Uh, uh, the church driven away. I've been, ex not excommunicated, but uh, I've been pretty much called trash. Because I'm remarried and I'm not, I never absolved my first one, even though my first one, my ex was the, the infidel, the, the one doing the infidelity and all the other stuff. But yeah, yeah. I, I get punished, punished by uh, rules of man, not God yes. himself. Right. Right, and exactly. so I've had issues. And of course I get a lot of flack from people, but I'm like, well, really? Okay. Well, prove me wrong. And so yeah. I understand what you're saying and I, and I get it. I, and again, I have no problem with this, but I know a lot of people do. And it's just like you got to step back, you know, yes. really look at it. Yeah. Uh, granted, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, I'm not the all know. I don't know everything. <laughs> just trying to live my life. <laughs> yeah. Hard we all. That's it. And just have some laughter. Yeah. And entertain. That's right. Live my life, have some laughter and have sex with my wife. That's what that's else can it. I ask for? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, really, but, but that's what the whole human race does that. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh go ahead, Rick. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't have anything. <laughs> you look like you're going to ask a question. That's why I felt like I was cutting you off. No, I didn't have anything <laughs> at this point. So any book signings? Um, I did. I went to the Muse Museum of Science Fiction um, Escape Velocity Convention in um, the end of May outside Washington. I was a panelist. That was kind of cool. Did I did a book signing in Manhattan the end of April and hopefully, hopefully some more. It's just, you know, it's a road. It's a process. Just going out there, just talking about it. It's just a lot of fun. The beauty of writing a novel is that you're talking to a reader one-on-one. -on -one. You know, if you honor me by um, reading my book and that's what you're doing, you're honoring me, you're taking the time, you're spending the money to um, enter my world. But we're talking individually here. You know, you're talking through my characters and, and through my writing, unlike um, a movie or a TV series or a play where there's, you're in, in the shared, you know, you're sharing it. This is just you. And that's something very special. 
when you write novels. Very special indeed. Yeah, I could never write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could probably start. I probably have a bunch of stuff in my head. Yeah. But I could never put it to, I could never get it going, I guess, if I tried. I'd be all over the place. I just, I'm not capable of doing it. Sure. it it's sad that I have a lot of ideas in my head and I just can't put them down. Yeah, he has a blog for our, for our podcast and he hasn't put anything else out. Shut up, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Okay, I do this blog, like Rick says, and every once in a while I'll do it on whatever. Like, uh, I wrote one about one of our guests. I wrote one about our visit to Comic Palooza. I wrote one about some other stuff. Hell, I may write one about you now. I'll be more inspired okay, probably cool. to write something about it and say, you know, after talking this and this book and this. And I actually, probably I'm going to wait till I pick up the book. Yes. Read the book Please, and, yes. and, then, and then write something on that. I may, yes, I, I may say, this man is insane. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. <laughs> Fenway should have been the only part that survived. <laughs> Fuck Yankee Stadium. <laughs> I have more problem with the Yankee Stadium being the one left than anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, again, it's ruined. Nice. So you might be happy. Oh, there you go. It's ruined. Yes. But yes. see, again, oh, it's in shambles. There you go. Oh, I'm happy now. <laughs> yes. Then again, I understand it's a novel. I understand you're, what you're writing about. I know what it's supposed to, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. And you're not out there beating a drum like this is what we need to do and blah blah blah. And is, people get over yourself. Seriously, come yeah, on. Yeah. It, it, you know what? I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to go out and purchase this book unless you have copies you want to send us. <laughs> Look at me working out. Work that angle all the time, please Rick. Purchase, please. <laughs> and of course, any bad press is a good press. So you had anybody get up there and throw their book mad at you yet? <laughs> no, not yet. Oh no, man. One reader called me a vile Islamophobe. Nice. But you know that's the only one who's done that, and it's like I can understand. I. I the, the irony is that I'm so respectful. Good Lord, I can and, only I can only hate to hear the things they write about me on a on a or on yes. a, like if we had a, a if we had like a fan base or a, like a web page dedicated to us, where people could say what they wanted to say about us. Holy crap! There'd be there'd be some <laughs> terrible things said about me. That that homophobe, that that racist bastard, that that that. What else would be good? <laughs> I know there's so much stuff. Because I have no lines, and I'll say whatever the hell I feel like it. And everybody else in the world can kiss my ass if they don't like it. You got your own opinion. You don't like it, go buy your own damn microphone and speak. You don't like it, go write your own damn book. That's right. Absolutely. It's America. Go write yourself. You know, people have that option now. They can say what they want. Exactly. Yeah, I noticed, okay, this one, what's it called? Uh, Mound... A mound over hell. A mound over hell. And I noticed you had another baseball theme one, Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Take that to the ball game and the man who wanted to play center field for the New York Yankees, which oh. um, you, so that was my second baseball novel. And that was about um, a New Yorker who was a former athlete who decides to try out for the Yankees. And back in the 70s and 80s, I, I, it must have been in other uh, uh, ballparks as well. They had open tryouts. So from 18 to 30, you could go to Yankee Stadium or wherever and you could try out for the Yankees. And if they liked you, they'd sign you to a contract. So in the novel, the character gets signed as a publicity gimmick. This is the Yankees in the 80s when they were starting to circle the drain. So what I did to promote the book was I tried out for the Yankees. And I was on all the local newscasts. I'm going to have to send, you know, if you go to YouTube and type Gary Morgenstein Field of Dreams, it'll come up. And that's what I looked like when I had dark hair. And But it was cool. So I was at Yankee Stadium swinging a bat, not hitting anything, unfortunately, but I was swinging a bat. Interesting. Yes. Now, like like I said, I haven't seen, I haven't read those other books, obviously, and everything. So, you know, we kind of ask all these questions. Uh, but I know this one, you have kind of like sci-fi in it. Are the other ones are just same, is the same to have a little sci-fi in it? Or is it just, no, no just straight more baseball. straight baseball straight story? Ba- oh, okay. Yes. Yes. This is, I wanted to, kind of 
I don't want to say I created a new genre, but dystopian science fiction baseball books are kind of rare. Yeah. Very rare. You don't, I'm sure they exist, but not a lot. You, you have your fantasy baseball, like Field of Dreams and Chewless Joe. and uh, But for the most part, no, this is kind of unusual. And it's going to be carried in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I learned last week, which was, you know, like having the Royal Seal. They're going to carry it in their bookstore. I was like, whoa. That's damn. freaking cool. Isn't that cool? That's, That's freaking like, amazing. Yeah, nice. I don't care if they don't sell any. It's just I'm going to be in the bookstore. Yeah, the fact that the, the book, book is, is there, cool. it feels like, wow, you know, I, I belong. Yes. Baseball has yes. recognized me. Yes, it, exactly. That's it. And that's, sometimes that's all it's about. You know, it's just that moment. We have to la- latch on to those, those brief moments. We all get caught up in, you know, what just happened or what won't happen or what will happen. But maybe, you know, I take yoga and I love yoga. So I'm very, you know, I try to be in the moment. Also, there's a lot of beautiful 20 or 30-something girls in the class. But that's, <laughs> that's nothing to do with Let me know Gary's a dirty bastard. <laughs> nothing at all. I, I, nothing at all. No, I, I'm just very next, pure. Next, next, next year, the girl who did yoga gets abducted by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yoga science fiction coming to you next. That yeah. book would sell if there's pictures. <laughs> yes. yes, indeed. So now all you got to do is cross over into the horror genre, psychological horror with baseball, and you'd be like Stephen King, because if I remember, was it the yes. girl who loved uh, Tom Gordon? Oh, yes. He wrote that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Was that a horror? Yeah. It was psychological horror. Yes. Okay. I didn't actually get to read the book. My wife did, and she actually enjoyed it. Did she? Yes. So Tom Gordon, he pitched for the Red Sox, the Royals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, in the book, she was mostly remembered, I believe, as a Red Sox player. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's like, uh, it like, we know you're a baseball fan, of course, obviously, yes. with the books and everything. Are you a football fan as well? No, I kind of lost football this season. All the controversy kind of soured me. I love baseball and basketball. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a Nets fan. A Nets? A disgrunt- a, yes, a disgruntled Knicks fan turned to the Nets. So I'm a glutton for punishment. But yeah, we're going to rise eventually. Yes, I mean. Oh man. Yes. It's like, all right, now, is there going to be a book based on basketball now? That would be awesome. <laughs> no, no, I no, 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 no. I need all my energy to finish this series. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, then you can start after that. That's that's freaking awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he's asking for paying being a Nets fan. Hell, being yes. a Knicks fan is not good either. And his funny thing: yeah. my father, hardcore Yankees fan too. That's why yes. I'm a Red Sox fan. Actually, uh, oh, he's a hardcore Knicks fan. Uh, I'm actually a Rockets fan, and he actually brought me over to the Cowboys. I used to be an Oiler fan here, but when they decided to leave, I became a Cowboy fan. Uh, yes. but I can't root for his, his hockey team. He, he likes his Rangers. I, I, I can't do that. I root for the Bruins. Okay. Well, you, you, you're pretty Boston theme there, aren't you? Uh, I, I, I live almost live, eat and breathe Boston. I just can't root for the Celtics because back in the day, uh, when Boston played Houston in the championship, Larry Bird and Kevin McHale were walking around and, uh, tried to say hi and try to, you know, you know how every kid tries to get something or do something and they kind of like just blew everybody off. And it kind of yeah. hurt. It kind of hurt because you know yes. you look up to these guys, and yep. Larry Bird was just amazing. Kevin McHale was just just outstanding as oh, down yeah. low post player, uh, and just to have blow you away like that, and just kind of like ugly too. It was like wow, 
So yeah. I, I've never been able to get past that, even though they've been long gone. And then Mikhail was the coach here for a while. Uh, so it's kind of like, ah, uh, you know, but yeah. you know, oh, he's getting in some crap too now. Cause he was spotted at a Trump rally. <laughs> did, you see, did you see that? Yeah. They saw, they put his picture. It's like, oh man, leave the man alone. He can do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. You think you can vote, you know, you're allowed to vote for who you want. Exactly. That's the last time I checked. You could. Yes. I mean, really? Well, the end of the play is, it's not like the old days where they would sign autographs outside the stadium. No, like when you go to baseball's game, a baseball game yeah. here, and the Astro players will actually stay and sign. Really? They would stay in, they would How catch nuts. you and sign autographs. I mean, some of the best players that uh, that I've got to meet over the years were, played for the Astros. Uh, Craig Bijo and uh, Jeff Bagwell, really good players. Uh, Hunter Pence, a new guy that came through here now, he's in San Francisco. Uh, he's pretty cool. Uh, Big Poppy, obviously, is my favorite of all time. Uh, never got a chance to meet him. My son bought me a. Uh, and we're talking about baseball now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my son bought me a bought me a baseball, uh, World Series baseball signed by Dustin Pedroia. Ah, and I have the authenticity thing with me too. And then my wife got me some dirt from Fenway uh, with a little oh, steel cool. as well. Uh, of course, but my wife, my wife being a Bills fan, trumps me because she got to go to the Super Bowl when they played the Cowboys. Yeah, and so she has the seat and the little card from when Michael Jackson performed. <laughs> so she has she has me trumped. It's like okay, you got me there, but my boy still won. <laughs> I think Houston. I think all paths lead through Houston just because of that um, starting rotation. That's so cool. It's cool that you you know Arthur like yourself involved in Sharknado, involved in baseball and everything else. It's cool that you always want to talk about. It. I was listening to you talk to the Eight Bit Bros, and you were talking about alcohol. You were talking about bourbon. Yes. I myself am not really. I don't think I've really had any bourbon. What is it? Jack Daniels, right? No, Jack Daniels is really considered That's a bourbon. whiskey. It's considered whiskey. Give, yes. me a good, give me a good bourbon. And I'll tell you if I've had any. Yes, I don't drink bourbon when it's warm. I drink vodka. Oh, see now, now you, now you're man Tito's. after the heart. <laughs> Tito's vodka is my is my drink. You know what? Somebody the other day uh, from my friend's house, he had some some uh, some vodka. It was called Ivanovich. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you. It's like it's like it says like it would almost say I want a bitch, but it says I want a bitch. I'm like, what the hell? And I'm like, okay. And I I, I tried. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. I don't have really... you had Tito? Have you had Tito's? It's from it's from Austin, I think. No, I've not. I've usually just oh. had the. I've had. Oh, the, you must. I'm sorry. You know, you've got you know you've got to try Tito's first of all. The, the price point is great. It's like a fifth is like twenty bucks. Okay. Okay. It is so smooth. It's won all these awards. It, I'm telling you, it's dangerously smooth. You will sit there and say, hmm, I didn't really, that one went down real easy. I'm going to have another one. And <laughs> we, and then you and then you lose feeling in your feet. <laughs> yes, I heard you say that. He said, I can't feel my legs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I start laughing. Like- to, I'm telling you, you've got to try Tito's. It's probably going to be cheaper in Texas. Okay, yeah, probably is. I see that, yeah. Yep. I'm looking at it right now. We here at Critical Thinking are partners with Virus Vodka. You should try Virus Vodka one time. Comes in a, in a flask that looks like an old school beaker. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually, I'll be honest with you, it's not bad either. It's actually nope, pretty okay. good. I've never had Tito's, but uh, Virus Vodka is pretty good, actually. We really enjoy okay. it. Uh, I, I drink it straight up. Yeah, with, who would you want to drink it with anything else? I'm not rushing. Yep. I'm not putting it with Pepsi. <laughs> there you People, go. The mixed you drinks, I'm not a mixed drink guy. No, no. Maker's Mark. Bourbon. I think I've heard of that before. Maker's Mark. Yes. Yeah, it's a bourbon. Uh, Jim Beam. Oh, I've had Jim Beam. Woodford Reserve is really good bourbon. I've heard yes. of that. Yes, it's good. It's, again, it's not ridiculously a ridiculous amount either. It's like within, you know, it's a, it's a decent price. 
Hmm. I usually pick myself up some nice uh, cognac, you know, give me some Cavassier, yes. give me some Hennessy. Uh, my wife will drink whatever. <laughs> and then when I'm when I'm slumming, it comes to beer. It's time to drink Milwaukee's Best or whatever the hell you yeah. can find is cheap. <laughs> Bush. Bush beer. <laughs> Bush beer. What? Well, listen, guys, it's been wonderful talking to you. I don't want to take up your whole show. Oh, no, you're fine. You have, if there's anything else you want to talk about, you feel free. No, I mean, no, you've given me. No, this is great. I have to come back, though, when you finish the book. Oh, definitely. Can you promise me that? Oh, yes, definitely. We de- I'm going to read it. And I'm going to get it to Sean so he can read it. And you definitely need to come on with Sean's on. I would love that. that it'd be really amazing to have you on here. Uh, what we'd like to do right now is uh, if you want to go ahead and give anything out, Twitter, Facebook uh, pages or wherever they can find you, how they can get your book. Anything you know? Anything you need to drop taglines and stuff like that. And then before you're gone, Rick's going to want you to say our uh, catchphrase. Okay. Well, yep. You can get a mound over hell at Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, or go to your local bookstore and order it. And follow me on Twitter. At, it's at Writer Gary. That's right. And he's going to send me some Sharknado gear. Hell yeah! Yes. And then I will take. If I haven't with- purged it. I might. I might have purged it all. No. And I no. will. And I will wear it. All right. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'll put it on. Give, give him just just give him an extra large. He will squeeze yeah. himself. I, I into will it. sausage my way into that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> or send me a Sharknado head or something. I'll put it on. Yes. Let me see what I got. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, Gary, if we ever make it up now, I know the guy. We're we're real good friends with Eight Bit Bros, and I know you were just recently on with them. Uh, and we're gonna we're on their Everybody. radio station. We play on their their network. Um. There's yes, been talk- they're the ones who recommended you. I'm sorry. Oh, that's, the ones. that's cool. We yes. love them. They're great guys. They'll be back. Okay. They'll be a, ah, they're coming back on our show on our show on the 26th, I believe. Yeah, uh, they're fun. They're oh yes, fun, they are. But fun bunch. We talked to them and we're working on trying to get some passes to New York City Comic Con. And if, oh. we get, if we get accepted and go in, they told us we could crash yes. with them. So if that happens, we all yes. need to hook up and do something really stupid and get arrested. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. I've never well, been arrested in Brooklyn. for the book and the podcast. Exactly. I've never been arrested in Brooklyn. So I, I got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> we're going streaking. <laughs> let, let's just avoid Rikers Island. I mean, that might be a little too real for us. Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, New York Comic Con, that would be fun. We could have a hell of a good party. Yeah, that's cool because we know a few people that are going to be there. Yes. I know a bunch of artists. Uh, you yes. know, I, I should have thrown this out to you. Uh, I should have asked you this question. I'll ask you this one real quick before I let you go. Have you ever thought about writing in anything like a comic book? Yes. I'm actually I'm working on a graphic novel. That's awesome. I will tell you, uh, we're good friends with Steve Orlando. He is the man over at DC, and he also does a lot of stuff on Image. And he's a very—he's uh, from New York, but he lives in Boston now. Uh, oh. But he is very—he's one of those also the push the labels kind of guy. Uh, so I'm—you know—I don't know if he's someone you could reach out to or something like that. But he's—I uh, would—he's brilliant would because we're, we're writing. Um, it's uh, back in the day. I don't know if you guys are wrestling fans. Oh, oh yeah. Let me tell you something, okay. brother. Back in the day, I was an editor at Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Back, you know, yeah, in the good old days. And oh, yeah. along with Bill Apter, is a very dear friend of mine. How back in the day are we talking? We talking 80s? We talking 70s? Like late 70s into the 80s. Oh, wow. And then Bill Apter, um, you know, he's he's Mr. Wrestling. Yeah. And the two of us, and along with this artist, um, Ian Anselmo, we're um, doing a graphic novel, Wrestling Meets Science Fiction. Oh, wow. Yes. 
That's cool. Oh, you have no idea how big. Re- the next time you come on, we'll definitely do some wrestling talk because yes. we are oh, huge wrestling it. guys. I mean, we oh. watch. We're like WWE, uh, TNA, uh, Lucha Underground. But man, we go back to Mid South Wrestling. Uh, Paul Bosch here with Pete Burkles back in the day with Houston, Sam Houston Coliseum. We're talking about Abdullah the Butcher, uh, oh, the Missing yeah. Link, Hacksaw Jim the Dugan. Von oh yeah, oh yeah, the Von Erics and the many battles with Ric Flair and gentlemen Chris yes. Adams and Gorgeous Gino Hernandez and Jose Lothario. Oh man, I could go on for days. <laughs> oh, we're, all right. We got to do just a wrestling show. Oh, I'm telling you. And if my if Rick's brother, his podcast wasn't on the hiatus right now, I'd tell you you need to go on with him. If we, okay. if we get you back on, when we, whenever we get you back on and we do a wrestling show on it, I'll yeah. invite my brother via, we'll do a group Skype with him. Yeah, because he, he is Mr. He knows wrestling and he oh, gets good. insides, all kinds of stuff. Oh, that's great. So, Let's do it. Well, Gary, you know what? I from from us and everybody here, obviously that we're not live, but <laughs> everybody in this room, the crickets, the roaches, and myself and Rick, thank you for coming on, sir. It was so awesome to talk to you. And your book does sound very amazing. And as soon as I get some cash on me, hopefully this Wednesday, I'm going to go find her somewhere. Great. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, sir. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. I want to rush like the wind. I want to run through the rain, kicking up these shoes. I want to feel it one step at a time. Feel the cold on my skin. I see the sun creeping in. Open eyes for the view. I want to see it one glance at a time. I'm as Ladies and gentlemen, that was Gary Morgenstein live from the Bronx. Yes. Get a fucking grip, people. It's a damn book. It's what he views science fiction. It's a whole new, like you said, it's a different genre. I'm interested. I don't give a damn if it's Islam or whatever. He's not an Islamophobic, and obviously he's not a he's not a heathen. He's agnostic, whatever. Who cares? I mean, even though I've had my, my issues from the church and they don't really recognize me anymore, but I still believe in still that and I still this and this and that. I have my own, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. You are who you are. Do you pray? Do you pray? Amen. Thank you. Doesn't matter. Pray? Yeah, pray. That's why we pray. Not MC Hammer pray, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, guys, America, everybody, you got to be a little bit more open and not closed-minded. If we can go back to being open-minded again, this will be a better place. I'm saying, I'm serious. You know, we'd be so less violent and so just have a good time. And I'm interested in this book because I want to read it. I really do. Science fiction and baseball sounds like a very good thing. Now, if the aliens busted out and the predator came out somewhere ripping skulls out, I'd be like, holy shit. <laughs> Obviously, we know ain't going to be none of that. It's a little pol- political in there. But I guarantee you, I bet you the politics doesn't play, I don't know, it might play a little role, but not much. And I think it's going to be overshadowed by the baseball and the science fiction stuff. Yeah. The whole thing of them coming back, I should have asked them, do you feel like uh, uh, mm-hmm. Field of Dreams is going to come after him? <laughs> we have old Sharknado, Sharknado talk at the beginning. Dude. Dude, he could have been shit from whatever. As soon as I found out he was Sharknado guy, that was it. That was all she wrote. That didn't need anything else. Sharknado is the deal, dude. And I can't believe this is going to be the last one. But oh well. I guess it's time to end it. It's a great series. Now I got to buy it on Blu ray. That's one for Christmas. Want all Sharknados on Blu ray. Hooking it. Find the box set. That's right. With the shark on it. (laughs) 
<laughs> a little swirly thing with yeah, sharks. Yeah, the sharks in, and you can open up. You open up the tornado, the hurricane, or whatever, <laughs> the sharknado, and it, it, they pull the DVDs out. Kind of like the uh, fun, fin, was it fans out? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like the Breaking Bad thing when you buy the drum and you open up and the DVDs are in there. Yeah, that's what I need, dude. If they make one of those, I'm so buying it. I really hope he has some merch because I will take pictures left and right. I'll take pictures of me and Sharknado gear naked. Okay, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> you look like you're gonna throw up right when I said that's perfect. Yeah, I burped and I was like. I burped normal, and it turned into a verb when he said naked. But we here at Curdle Thinking want to take time right now to thank our people who have our backs. This shout-out, this program is brought to you by Uncanny Comics, located on Avenue I in Rosenberg, Texas. Joseph Cano running a beautiful shop there with two dogs and a lot of people. And he's getting bigger, and he's about to move locations. Yep. And he sponsors and us, and he pays for our dues. Yes. That's right. And then we also got... Oh, Tanks Paintball, located on Southwest Freeway here outside of Richmond, Texas, on your way into Houston, almost by Sugarland, Stafford, wherever you want to call it. It's out there in the woods. I still want to do our EA. We need to go out there. Yeah, we definitely our, our go out E3 there. presentation. I want to do that with they got with tanks. They got something big going on this weekend, so we got to make sure we don't interrupt that. But anyway, Tanks Paintball helps pay the bills and helps send us the cons and helps us provide money for me to do my photography puddles. Puddles? <laughs> what are, what are puddles? My, my foes. My pose, man. I'm going to do that pose on the couch right there. They're paying, no. <laughs> they're paying the money for Barry Media to come in and take the snaps <laughs> in black and white and in color. No, Tanks ain't paying for that. <laughs> no, but again, go to Tanks Paintball and enjoy yourself where you can shoot anybody in the ass and it's perfectly legal. Yes, at Tanks Paintball. Also, a quick shout out to our third and silent party, uh, who is a good guy, a friend of ours, even though he's ripping on me here lately. Uh, he is the proud owner of the Big Rig MIG Hot Wax, uh, <laughs> Kyle Harthorn from Tokyo Munchies. Uh, Fuck you, you bastard. <laughs> I hope you're cleaning your taint with that shit, and I hope it turns purple. But anyway, Ooh. Tokyo Munchies is another sponsor of this proud podcast. Also, now a quick couple of shout-outs to our guys who play us on the radio. Much love to Beyond the Dawn, and I got a thing from them the other day saying, thank you so much for all the love. And I said, no, thank you. Thank yes, you, thank you. you. Thank you for playing <laughs> thank, us. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you for everything we do. I said, you have no idea how much we love you for what you do for us. Also, a quick shout out to No Fucks Given Radio because they absolutely give no fucks about what the hell we say and don't give two shits and they play us. God bless America. They even play us prime time. I know, right? And now 8-Bit Bros are playing us out there like we're some kind of bad mm-hmm. mugs. We some yeah, bad mothers. We're on the show having fun, so we're going to have to do something with them on our show when I they know. come on. We have some bad touches. They actually want to do a full show with us. So I know actually, that's going to be interesting. I actually got to do production for that show. I know. You're going to have to get some work done for Is that a change. next week? No, nah, next week we got a rapper on. We got a new rapper from H-Town. Ah. Uh, Mr. Showstopper. I don't know what his name is. I'll look it up. But he's coming on. I don't even know he's from H-Town. He's a rapper. He's got a lot of followers. He's coming on. He's going to drop his debut album on us, too, and some other stuff like that. So you got to bring your gangster next week. My gangster? Your gangster. Isn't that kind of racist? You're going to be Rick Sweet. <laughs> they ain't racist I didn't say come on out here with a do-rag and shit like that I said come on here acting like gangster Rick have a go-to you, no man you can be Bushmaster we <laughs> we here uh, you can be Jamaican <laughs> but yeah so thank you to our radio fellas for playing us thank you to our sponsors thank you to our people who do stuff with us like Virus Vodka on the side we greatly appreciate you and so much love thank you to all the podcasts that mention us Rebel Radio Podcast uh, F- FYFC Podcast STTE Podcast uh, Superhero Speak Podcast I can name them all Pulp cult, poop culture. Uh, I just can't remember. There's so many. I don't have my list in front of me. But thanks to all those guys and all the retweets. Uh, shout out to Twitch and them and the followers on Twitchers who've been following us here now lately. Uh, we can't do this without the love you guys give us. Appreciate it. And we out. Hey, guys, you can connect with us on iTunes at Critical Thinking Podcast and Twitter at Critic underscore Thinking 
And also on Facebook and Instagram at Critical Thinking Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Critical Thinking is on Beyond the Dawn Radio, which is known for playing the best indie radio music around the world. On Thursdays at 7 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Central Time. And if you like the show, please five-star the episode and tell your friends. So thank you for joining us, thinking shit through one podcast at a time. (laughs) 